0: Hi, I'm Jayan Shriram, and welcome to In Focus, the Hindus Analysis Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are recording on Saturday, the eleventh of April, and of course, we don't have a show tomorrow, so we're going to cover a lot of things today, as we did last week. Um, And to start with, of course, there is the big question of whether the lockdown is going to be extended, in what form it might be extended, in what form some parts of the country might come out, other parts may stay in. I think that's still a big question to ponder, and we'll kind of start with that, with the lead-in to this podcast episode today. I'm joined by Swasani Haider, National Editor of The Hindu, and Jacob Koshi, Deputy Science Editor, as usual. Uh, so, guys, yes. Uh, like I said, uh, the first question: um, What what do we know now about the lockdown being extended? I think it's still far from clear.
1: Um, well, Jen, uh, obviously today the big story was Prime Minister Modi, uh, who uh, addressed by video conference uh, a whole group of chief ministers of the, across the country. Uh, the interesting visual from that was the fact that the prime minister and several of the chief ministers on the call were actually wearing masks. The prime minister seemed to uh, have. Um, uh have uh, have got a jugar mask on, if you like, which was a a kind of cloth wrapped around him um and uh, essentially discussed how they could go forward because the uh, lockdown at present ends on tuesday uh three weeks uh, the twenty one day lockdown ends on tuesday. uh what we do understand is that the prime minister is expected to address the nation on sunday, uh but that might that's not yet confirmed and is likely to speak about where the government wants to go with the lockdown next uh, what we do know is that there is a lot of uh, uh, there are a lot of states that have asked for uh, the lockdown to be increased for uh, to it be extended because they feel that uh, india is just about getting grips on the spread of the virus and to lose the momentum right now would would per- perhaps bring in a second wave of infection so many states putting in that request according to the the central government and the fact that the prime minister did want to listen to that that call went on for hours um, so that the prime minister could hear everybody on the call uh, and what they thought but there are two riders to it which is the the concerns about the economy and and the lockdown what it means for the poorest the food shortages they're worried about uh, so two exceptions might come up straight away to extending the lockdown one, in the agricultural field, allow farmers not only to go out and uh, cut the rubby crop, but also to have uh, the migrant laborers being able to go back to help with the the cutting of the crop. Uh, Even things like procurement, everything is at a standstill right now. Uh, The second part to it is really um, asking about, uh, uh, is is about the small industries and manufacturing to, to kickstart that. Because if you go through a period of five weeks, without any manufacturing being allowed, it is going to be that much more difficult to restart and kickstart the economy when this is over. So you heard the prime minister essentially saying that a few weeks ago, I had said, jaan hai to jahan hai, if you have your life then and you have your health, you have the world. But today I'm changing my uh, uh, that phrase to saying jaan bhi or jahan b. that any government that wants to actually help people is going to have to ensure that they have their health, but they also have the world. Um, so making it very clear that the government is shifting its position uh, so as to be able to work a drawdown to the lockdown. Clearly, it has; it is clear, um, regardless of the success of the lockdown, uh, it seems to be clear to them that a lockdown is not a cure in itself, and therefore it cannot be kept in permanent state.
0: Yeah, we are going to actually uh, discuss some... Um some reports about the success of the lockdown. But first, I think it's just good to get an idea. Uh, do, we, do we have an idea of the majority of chief ministers now are actually requesting for an extension of the lockdown? Or uh, there are some prominent voices, I know.
1: That's right. And I think the first one who tweeted just after the um, the, the prime minister's meeting was the Delhi chief minister, Arvid Kejriwal, uh, who said that I agree with the prime minister's decision to um, extend the lockdown by two weeks. I think that was more information than the central government perhaps yeah. wanted to put out at this point. But, um, but it, it was clear that he was behind it. Uh, I think the Punjab chief minister as well uh, wanted those deriders to be put in for agriculture and other things, but uh, is also in, in, in principle okay with extending the lockdown. In fact, Punjab went ahead and extended the lockdown. Southern chief ministers as well, um, and, and I think all the BJP chief ministers will obviously go with whatever the central government decides.
0: So one thing uh, that we have to do now is to assess whether uh, the lockdown has been successful in this three-week period and, and also going forward, you know, does that give us an indication of where uh, we might stand? So, so, Jacob, one thing that's caused a lot of confusion today is the fact that um, there's, a, there's a report, there's a chart also going around on social media and other places that the uh, claim now is that without the lockdown, there would have been 8 lakh infections. Yeah, uh, I think the numbers are different, uh, differently reported. If you take out some scenarios and add others, yeah. but what is the what is the science behind this eight lakh number?
2: So as of now, nobody really knows what the science behind it is. It only derives its authenticity from the fact that it was mentioned by the by the spokesperson of the health ministry, Mr. Lav But It's not even really even a report. It's just a a single graph. Now, interestingly. Uh, He said that without lockdown and containment, it would have been 8 lakh plus by the 15th of April and about 2 lakh odd, you know, by the the 11th of April. If there was no lockdown and just containment, it would have been 45,000 cases by now. And it is only because of the lockdown and containment that we are seeing the 7,000 odd cases from today. Now, this was all represented in a kind of in those mathematical that, you know, now have become ubiquitous, uh, you know, everywhere. But interestingly, this was, he he's mentioned that the ICMR scientists have had no role in making this protection. So that is extremely strange because ICMR is the official, is a, is a government body and they have an entire institute in Chennai, National Institute of Epidemiology, which is dedicated to doing just modeling. They are the guys who do modeling. Now the the difference between infectious disease modeling and just projecting how something will rise over time is vastly different i mean you could say you could use mathematical equations to say how an investment will grow over time or you know put some simple equations but that that's not how infectious disease modeling works you need to have different kinds of assumptions you need to know how growth rates work in a different population none of this was explained but there was just one graph and i spoke to a lot of epidemiologists and they were puzzled as to how these uh, projections uh, came. I mean, had it not been uh, uh, sent out by the health ministry itself, it wouldn't have gained an iota of currency. But given the situation that we're all in where information is, uh, where at least official information is the only information available, uh, you know, we really have to take this uh, seriously. But uh, it's also interesting that this came was publicized on a day when you know india has seen nearly thousand cases it's the first time we've had a three digit rise in, in 24 hours remember i mean officially you could declare a kind of success on this only when for 14 days straight you see no rise in cases that is what uh success uh, means as far as the icmr and the health ministry standard of con- controlling the epidemic is concerned but right now it uh, the government seems more interested in showing that, you know, it is in control of the situation entirely.
0: Okay, so just one point that you mentioned that, that I just want to harp on. Mm. We don't know if this study has actually come from any department of epidemiology yeah. that is affiliated with the government. Yeah. So um, so it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have any sourcing in that sense. And yes, it doesn't show the
2: assumptions used in the projection. I mean, there are some numbers for instance, which shows a, a the 8 lakh is based on a 48% cumulative growth rate and another number is based on a 2 lakh uh, on a 21% growth rate now nobody knows what is this 48% what is 21% there is no information on this the trouble with the with the media briefings in the icmr also are that you have to ask questions in advance so probably tomorrow people would ask questions based on today and you know hopefully some interesting insights should fall out from
0: this so, so wait. They, so, if they present a graph today, you can't ask questions about that particular event on the day. On that
2: particular, because you really can't have follow-up questions. You you need to have. I mean, questions have to be asked in advance.
0: So, so we'll move on from there, Suhasini, Um, I think we need to get an update on the H C Q story and just basically track this. Uh, just get an update now because this is really this is really progressing very fast. Uh, like a few days ago, H C Q was only. It, it was largely considered a Donald Trump, not conspiracy theory, but something that only he believed was, you know, like this magic drug that could save uh, people from COVID. Now, we're, uh, now that has progressed and India is exporting uh, massive quantities of this drug to countries all around the world. Um, basically what's happened? Where are we now with this whole story?
1: That's right. Uh, just in the last few days, the government says they have received a number of calls, more than two dozen from different countries Asking for uh, stocks of HCQ. Uh, Remember, this was originally banned by the uh, DG of Foreign Trade, the Director General. That's now uh, been lifted in terms of making certain exceptions, which the Ministry of External Affairs is really handling. So the MEA gets to decide who's going to get HCQ, how much they're going to get it. Um, What we've been told is that the MEA has already cleared about 13 countries in three categories. The categories are neighboring countries that India wants, you know, like SARC countries that India wants to help, uh, humanitarian aid to countries in Latin America and Africa mainly, uh, and some of East Europe, and then to commercial orders. So this just doesn't just include the United States, which I believe has been cleared uh, for about uh, 38 lakhs or 3.8 million um, ca- uh, tablets of HCQ, but it includes Brazil, Canada, and Germany, each of whom have been cleared for about 5 million tablets of the medicine uh, and then the rest. The total is about 23 million tablets of HCQ have been cleared for consignments. We've also been speaking to aviation industry sources who tell us uh, many of those consignments are on their way. So, um, you know, we've, uh, we, uh, flights have already uh, had uh, for uh, the UAE, FedEx, uh, to other countries, Europe, uh, America as well. And obviously, we're also seeing world leaders thanking Prime Minister Modi for uh, releasing the HCQ. So, uh, you know, public thanks have come from Mr. Trump, but also from Mr. Bolsonaro, Mr. Netanyahu. Uh, The UK has thanked uh, India for also, along with HCQ, releasing paracetamol, which was also on the bad list. And then I should add there are 24 other medicines which the government uh, cleared for export and made free to export Just a week ago, including things that are antiretroviral drugs, which are being used as a treatment line in some countries, as well as uh, antibiotics, erythromycin, and others. So all of those are now going out at a rapid pace. We understand, obviously, still some concerns being asked inside India about whether we have enough stocks. For the moment, the government has said that we have at least enough stocks for the month, and then more is being produced at on a war footing.
0: Okay, so have we? If I'm understanding this right, have we literally gone from uh, ab- about a week ago saying blanket ban on exports to uh, now we're the pharmacy of the world again and we're exporting all the drugs? Um, how does that make sense, really?
1: Well, I think this is now, it's a choice. You know, it's like the jahan Hai and Jahan Hai debate, lives versus livelihood. Uh, does India uh, want to uh, keep its reputation as the pharmacy of the world? And also at a time of need, even if HCQ... Um, You know, regardless of how effective HCQ is, and remember, there are still no conclusive trials on this issue. Uh, If countries around the world are putting in requests, as the Ministry of External Affairs says they are, that more than 24 countries have asked for stocks of HCQ, then this would not be a time for India to say no to them. The other part of that debate is, of course, does India have enough? Because HCQ is an anti-malarial drug. It's used for malaria, which is seen, of course, in our parts much more. Uh, also used for rheumatoid arthritis, patients of lupus, um, uh, you know, muscular disorders, that kind of thing. So we're really looking at, uh, 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 you know, a a pill that is needed in India as well. Uh, We're told that what uh, the Indian demand uh, uh, or the consumption in India for the month would be around one crore uh, capsules and the government has more than three times that in a buffer. Uh, However, you know, the worry is giant really of hoarding are people going to start uh, hoarding and are companies and pharmacies going to start hoarding the drug as it becomes clear that so many are so much is being exported, which might lead to shortages in the market. And I think we've heard concerns today from Rajasthan, from Maharashtra, of there being shortages in the market. Although the government says that's not backed up by general shortages.
0: And just, just one more thing. Just one more thing. So I think there was uh, there was a story about uh, the U.S. now. Uh, you know, telling India that they have to take back citizens uh, who are affected by COVID-19 and they can't sort of keep them out. Uh, We have discussed on this podcast several times that India is perhaps the only country that is not taking back citizens who have uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Where does this leave us now in terms of that policy of not taking back citizens?
1: Well, you know, the policy remains because the government has said until the lockdown ends, they are not uh, prepared to take back Indian citizens who are stranded, you know, I should uh, point out that these are not Indians who are working and have regular visas in other countries. These are Indians who are stranded in a sense because they are either, uh, there are three types of uh, stranded um, citizens. Uh, There are business travelers who went abroad and were not able to return in time. There are tourists who were stuck in some country or the other and have not been able to return before. India clamped down on all travel in uh, about a month ago. And then there are the students who, uh, whose colleges and schools have shut down and really do need to get back because they can't afford to stay on there. Now, various countries have made noises about India needing to take back its citizens. And of course, those citizens themselves, about 25,000 of them by the MEA's estimates, have been saying again and again that they want to come back on flights that are coming into India to take foreign citizens out. But the government has said no so far. Um, They may not be able to do that much longer, especially when it comes to the United States, because the U.S. today has um, put out a a presidential uh, statement, a memorandum on visa sanctions against countries who keep their citizens uh, and are not accepting them back um, and and has asked the the Homeland Secretary really to put together a plan and the Secretary of State uh, to notify which those countries are within one week. Uh, they say that uh, any, any country that is keeping people beyond that time are really countering the U.S.'s own public health uh, and uh, safety guidelines. So the repatriation of visa violators, as they've described them, is something that the U.S. wants to do immediately. Uh, we know that the MEA and the uh, Indian Embassy in Washington has been in talks with the Secretary with the State Department about this, uh, but it's a story to watch for sure Jen.
0: And Jacob, you know, just besides that graph that came out, the eight lakh projection, what has happened at the health ministry briefing? Because as you mentioned, we uh, there is the rather more important statistic, just for the moment, that we did record a thousand cases over twenty-four hours. So, uh, what was said with regard to that? Well,
2: there was not much discussion on that particular fact, except for the health ministry reiterating that you know it is focused in uh, containing large outbreaks. It detailed its plans of you know, how it creates buffer zones. I mean, uh, uh, when there is a, 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 a spike in the number of cases at a particular place, so to say. So they did not, they only said that their strategy is now to keep uh, uh, such containments, you know, or such spikes at, uh, you know, at at par. But the another discussion that came out was in the access to antibody tests. Now, antibody tests are, are quick tests that are useful to, You know, estimate the levels of infection in a community. They don't. They can be determined in 15, 20 minutes. The thing is, India has licensed, uh, has approved a lot of domestic manufacturers, but they have not really been able to supply the kits yet. They were supposed to have supplied kits nearly four or five days ago, but it's not really come into uh, the hands of the ICMR. And ICMR is the is the nodal agency that actually supplies it. Uh, through its channels through various states because of which we are again not really testing as much as we should because now this is no longer beyond just testing positive cases it is also trying to estimate the levels of transmission in a community so this is another challenge that is also being uh, that the ministry says is that they are trying to rectify mm-hmm. other than also improving access to personal protective equipment and uh, masks and Ensuring that you know doctors and health workers are you know work under safer circumstances. So this was the essential discussion uh, you know at the health industry
0: So I think we'll end it there. Um, as I said, we're not going to have an episode tomorrow, but we'll be back on Monday. Uh, and I think uh, we should be discussing something rather more concrete on whether the uh, lockdown is being extended and in what form. Thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you. And Good night. Thank you. Good night. Monday.